From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. Major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation and Memphis Tourism. Hi, everyone. I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared J.B. Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we've got G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell as they celebrate the release of their record, Stony Hill. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrining the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee. Brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JB. Here we are, back on air for another week on The Caravan. And every week is a blessing. A miracle, even. Every facet of the music industry has been affected by this pandemic. But the caravan rolls on, doesn't it? We've had new shows here and there, and we are very fortunate to have 25 years of archives to pull content from. This week, the legendary G.E. Smith joins us with the incredibly talented Leroy Bell. They have a brand new record out. It's titled Stony Hill. It's so timely and socially poignant. Bell is best known as a songwriter for luminaries such as Jennifer Lopez, Elton John, Teddy Pendergrass, and is half of the duo Bell and James with Casey James. But now he's front and center in this collaboration with guitarist G.E. Smith. And who hasn't G.E. Smith played with? The man is simply a legend. He's played with Bob Dylan, Roger Waters, David Bowie, Mick Jagger, Tina Turner, and Hall & Oates, and was the longtime musical director and band leader for Saturday Night Live. The new record is just great, and it's just as you would expect from two gentlemen of their caliber and reputation. It's got that Memphis sound all over it from start to finish. And so, since they can't tour, and since we can't come to them and broadcast a live concert, GE and Leroy went to Stevens Talkhouse, a local venue in Long Island, New York, and they recorded a set just for us. They performed to an empty room. No beer, no bottles clanging, no applause, just two musical luminaries. That is really nothing short of amazing. The way our artists have adapted to these troubled times is so inspiring. Thank you, GE, and thank you, Leroy. Here they are, GE Smith and Leroy Bell, live on Bill Street Caravan.
more from G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell, live on Bill Street Caravan. Ready, G? Mama's hands getting tired. No progress over here, no. Set us back a hundred years. No dreamers anymore. Democracy is out the door. God only knows how we miss those days. She only knows how we miss the way we were. America. Done. When they block out the sun, when they whisper the story, how the rest was one in the blink of an eye, and the fountain of life, we were sold down the river, your land and mine, disillusion, mass confusion, a constitution, the trial of Like sheep to slaughter, I really wanna know. God only knows how I missed those days. She only knows how I missed the way we were. America, oh yeah. God only knows how I missed those days. She only knows how I missed the way we were. America.
called Art's Sick. That was G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the band, visit gesmithandleroybell.com. We'll be back with more music from the guys in just a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation, and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. first time Riley King laid eyes on Beale Street, he knew this is heaven. He strolled under neon signs, smelled sweet hot barbecue. He glanced sideways at painted ladies. He stood and watched a dice game. Heaven. He floated after the sound of music to Handy Park. He shook his head. He thought, these guys sound like they have four arms. I'm all thumbs. Riley carried his guitar with him, didn't even have it in a case, but wouldn't dare play. 
All of a sudden, a spotter for the dice game shouted, number one. Everyone looked up and saw a white policeman coming. They ran and Riley followed, cradling his guitar under his arm. He flew past pawn shops and glimpsed a picture of T-Bone Walker in the record store window, his hero. Heaven emptied fast. Though humble, Riley gushed charisma, sincerity, and charm. Most importantly, he worked hard. He came to heaven after a dream. But that policeman and the guitarist with four arms chased him in his dream right across the Mississippi into West Memphis, Arkansas. He had nothing fancier to wear than an old army jacket, still carrying his guitar with no case. Riley took a few deep breaths and went inside the local radio station. He was looking for the man he'd heard on the radio every day growing up in Mississippi. Riley was shown back to the studio, empty except for one tall, brawny dude standing there playing harmonica. Guitarist with four arms, now this guy. Riley took another deep breath and looked him in the eye. Sonny Boy Williamson stopped blowing his harmonica. He looked back into Riley's eyes and said, What do you want? Riley stammered, I, 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 I want to sing on your program. Go ahead, Sonny Boy said. Let me hear you. Riley stopped stuttering. He picked clean and sang clear for Sonny Boy. Riley could feel him warming up. The big fella said, What do you call yourself? I'm just Riley B. King. That night, Riley found himself performing in the packed, sweaty 16th Street Grill on West Memphis's little version of Beale Street. Heaven came to Arkansas. The women moved to Riley's beat. He plucked the high notes and watched their backs arch. Miss Annie, who ran the joint, said Riley could play there six nights a week, 12 bucks a night on one condition. He had to get on the radio and spread the word about his new gig. Riley thought about it as he crossed back over the rivers and heard rain pounding on the bus roof. In Memphis, Riley walked off from the bus station. He felt raindrops and tucked his guitar under his coat best as he could. Miss Annie was still talking to him. Get on the radio, he heard over and over. He knew he'd do anything to broadcast on WDIA, and now he was. Only 20 more blocks in a rainstorm to go. WDIA flew onto the Memphis airwaves right as Riley first saw heaven. The first radio station in America to play all black music with all black DJs. When Riley finally reached the WDIA studios, he saw one of those DJs behind a soundproof window and knocked on the glass to get his attention. The DJ happened to be the first WDIA hired. In the heart of the rich Mississippi Delta, WDIA, 50,000 watts of goodwill, invites you to join us in asking the man upstairs to smile on us today. Nat D saw Riley standing there, dripping with the guitar, strings down under his coat. He saw the determination and sincerity written all over Riley's face. He wanted to make this work. Nat said, we've got a new product we want to put on the air. You think you could make a jingle? Riley had no experience with jingles. He blurted out, yes, sir. Nat D said, the name of it is Pepticon. Pepticon? Yeah. Riley beat his guitar like a drum and sang. 
Pepticon, show is good. Pepticon, show is good. Pepticon, show is good. You can get it anywhere in your neighborhood. Nat said, you're hired. Pepticon and its plugger were a hit. The stuff was mostly alcohol, and listeners dug that almost as much as the new down-home kid they heard on D.I.A. Riley had 15 minutes every day. He sang the virtues of the alcoholic serum and some of his own songs, and folks went crazy for him. He called himself the Beale Street Blues Boy. Letters poured into WDIA for him, addressed to Mr. Blues Boy. That got shortened to BB. She knows what to do and she knows what it's all about. Now, man, don't blame it. Every legend has a twist. Young B.B. King's life took one in a town called Twist, 40 miles outside Memphis in the Arkansas cotton fields. There, on a freezing winter night, B.B. did his thing in a juke joint that looked like a good wind could turn it into toothpicks. The joint was so rustic it had a steel barrel full of flaming gasoline for a heater. Now B.B. heard fights in the crowd just about every place he played. But that was just part of the ambiance. This scene got twisted. Two guys wrestled on the floor. They locked up and started rolling like a tractor, cutting down everyone in their path. And then they crashed into the barrel. The thing tipped over and a river of fire flooded the dance floor. B.B. King and everyone else got the hell out of there. Outside, even the wrestlers stopped to watch the place burn. B.B. looked around to make sure everybody was all right and then noticed something. Oh no, he shouted, I left my guitar in there. He had no time to think as the place collapsed. He had to save her. B.B. dove through the front door, hearing cries of don't, drowned out by roaring hell. Flames licked at him as he ran. He grabbed the guitar around the neck and turned back out. Chunks of burning ceiling rained down around him. He hit the floor rolling and finally came to a stop outside in the cold night, smoldering like a cigarette. Still smoking, B.B. got up and stood face to face with one of the guys in the fight. You just about killed everybody in this place. The man looked down. B.B. watched him for a moment and realized it could only be one thing. What was her name? B.B. asked. The man muttered something. Lucille? B.B. asked. The man nodded. B.B. said, who's Lucille? The woman works here, the man replied. B.B. never saw her, but he never forgot her either. He also never wanted to forget how foolish he'd been to risk his life for his guitar, so he named her Lucille. In spite of his adventures, lady friends, and his radio fame in Memphis, B.B. spent more time in Arkansas picking cotton than picking Lucille. He knew he needed a hit record to get him out of the fields and the raunchy roadhouses that grew beside them. He made little money as a DJ but recognized the fringe benefits of broadcasting. He used his time to promote his own gigs and provide favors for other folks in the business. A popular bluesman named Lowell Fulson came to perform on Beale Street, bringing his brilliant but unknown bandleader Ray Charles with him. They sold thousands of tickets, and as they counted their money in a back room after the show, a local DJ stepped up to introduce himself. You the only ones to fill this place, B.B. told Fulson. I pat myself on the back because I need your records. Lowell thanked B.B. and figured that'd be that. But B.B. stood there 
He said, tell you what you can do. You can let me do that song three o'clock in the morning. Lowell thought a second. The song had been out three years. He never heard B.B. sing. He figured nothing was going to come of it. Why, sure, Lowell said, you can do the song. Lowell Fulson didn't know what a serious young man he was dealing with. Within a matter of days, B.B. booked a recording session with the Los Angeles Rhythm and Blues Company. They set up a temporary studio right down the street from B.B.'s apartment at the Y. B.B. stepped into the room and saw some of the elite players in all of Memphis. Tuff Green, Ben Branch, Hank Crawford, Willie Mitchell, and on the piano, a bad 20-year-old who already had a massive hit record, Ike Turner. But all these stars held back as this day and Lowell Fulson's song belonged to B.B. King. Now it is three o'clock in the morning. Two months later, it was the number one record in the land. B.B. walked into Paul's tailor shop on Beale, the place he'd run past from the police his first night in heaven. He bought two suits, one burgundy and one lavender, with black and red shoes, a shirt, socks, and a tie to match. And B.B. King jumped on the long, winding road. Well, I can't find my baby. Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. iListenToMemphis.com. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from Memphis Travel, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and if you've just turned us on, we've got G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell celebrating the release of their new record, Stony Hill. Another key piece of context our listeners should know, what you're listening to is a set they pre-recorded for us in front of an empty venue in Long Island, New York, as the music industry remains shuttered by the COVID-19 epidemic. 
I want to add, this is exactly how you should listen to music. It's like we're in a listening room without all those other people and the sounds of plates and the sounds of people in the background talking. It's like the pristine environment for an audiophile. Yeah, and we just can't thank GE and Leroy enough for that experience. Shut Up Music Venues make producing public radio programs that feature live music quite challenging. Perhaps best known for his decade as the charismatic guitar player and band leader for Saturday Night Live, Smith's career has included six years with Hall & Oates at the height of their multi-platinum powers, the never-ending tour with Bob Dylan and Roger Waters. Smith was also a sideman to David Bowie, Mick Jagger, and Tina Turner. He was the band leader for everything from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum concert to Dylan's 30th anniversary show at Madison Square Garden. Jared, you may be too young to remember this, but GE was the man at Saturday Night Live. Before I even knew who he was, the vamp outs for commercial breaks were like the highlight of the shows for music lovers. First of all, you never knew what incredible vintage guitar G.E. Smith would be playing. And then, what a surprise, a celebrity artist would pop up sitting in with the band. And the music was always so good. You know, Pat, I think I might have caught some of those episodes, you know, growing up, seeing those reruns early in the morning on Saturdays. Meanwhile, Leroy Bell was carving out a career as a hit songwriter for the likes of Elton John, Jennifer Lopez, Teddy P, Mr. Teddy Pendergrass and released records with duo Bell and James. Bell earned legions of new fans as a finalist in TV's music competition, The X Factor, in 2011. The two were introduced by GE's wife, Taylor, and the musical collaboration just took off. The result, of course, was this new album, Stony Hill, a particularly timely collection of original songs that take on the social and political turmoil of our current times. Here's more from GE Smith and Leroy Bell, live on Bill Street Caravan. All right, this one's called Take Cover. Eagle is a mighty bird, scans the turning earth. Circles round a passive deer, preying on their birth. A ghostly wind supports a flight, fields between the clouds. The eagle carries out her kill, a vulture cries out loud.
on the bass. Yeah, Fred. Feels good. This one's called Under These Skies. And after we thought we had recorded the whole record, the fellas at the record company said, now how about a couple more? So I called up Leroy, and I said, man, you got a couple more? He said, sure. And uh, this was one of them.
Bill Street Caravan. We've got two very special guests. We're really, really proud that we can have these two guests with us today on the show. Mr. G. Smith and Mr. Leroy Bell. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. Everything's good. Fantastic. Well, for those of our listeners around the world who are ready, uh, really, really proud and really excited for you guys' new record coming out, uh, tell me, I mean, where are you guys calling from today? A town called Amagansett, New York. It's on Long Island. We're about 100 miles straight out in the ocean from New York City. Uh, Leroy came in from Seattle the other day, and uh, we were in, in New York City filming some stuff to promote the record, and uh, now now we're out here at the house and uh, doing what we can do. What's the mood, and what's the energy, and what's the productivity been like for the two of you? How are you guys keeping your head at these times? You know, it's been, uh, it's been a challenge because uh, this has never happened before for either one of us, and... Um, you know, usually we get the record on and we were all ready to do uh, South by Southwest and we're on the road and then COVID took over and kind of changed everybody's plans. Now there's a lot of uh, interviews, this and doing stuff online and Instagram and Facebook and it's just kind of changed the playbook. Everybody's trying something new. Well, the single for this new record, Black is the Color, can you tell me about this record and what it means for two of you? I know that when I think of of my background with hip-hop, most Def and Talib Kweli talked about Black the color of my true love's hair, and that stuck with me for many, many years. And hearing you guys' interpretation has really uh, sort of sparked something new for me. Why this record and why this time, why now? Well, we've actually got two singles out now. we got Black is the Color and America. The song America, which, which Laura wrote, is a GE talking here. Uh, but Black is the Color 
you know, as you know, it's an old traditional song. Uh, it's usually associated with Kentucky because there's a one verse where he says, I go to Troublesome. Morning, Troublesome Creek is a little town in Kentucky. So I've been playing that song for many, many years. I learned that song when I was a kid, you know, like in the 60s. And to me, I always thought that that song was code. I always thought that that was a white guy saying that he was in love with a black girl, but he couldn't really say it, especially back then, you know, 19th century. To me, that's all it was, you know? Like, uh, there's a great version of that, that that Nina Simone did. That was the first version that I ever heard. It was her slow version. Yeah, most people who did that song did it slow, but uh, I always liked it locked up a little bit. Leroy, you, you, you chimed in there a bit. What are your first memories of that record? Uh, unlike GE, I've never heard it before. Uh, Simone, I heard it, uh, Nina Simone do it, and that was just actually quite recently. Um, and I know she did it quite a while ago, but... Uh, Somebody brought that to my attention, and I, and I saw the video of her just sitting down with the piano and playing that song. And it, it's kind of one of those songs. It's a folk song originally. Yeah. And it's a, it's one of those songs that, depending on who sings it, it, it takes on a life of its own. So I thought it was almost like a, a spiritual or a blues song or something. What was the what was sort of the inspiration, the impetus between you guys coming together and being able to do this project? And, and what do you hope people get out of it? Going into it. I don't think anybody had any expectations of what right. this was going to be or what it was going to turn out to be. We just kind of came to it uh, open-minded, and it just kind of fell into what it was. Um, I think uh, between the two songs, the GE had already kind of worked up a version of Black is Color, and then I already had America in my mind, a lot of the stuff that was just going on, and that just kind of set the tone. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't something that we thought about. It just kind of happened naturally. Absolutely. Well, Roy, what, what mind state were you in when you were writing that record? Sadness, hurt, frustration. And I tend to write like it's, it's therapy for me to get out what I'm feeling. Just watching things that were on TV and, and, and I had to just uh, turn the TV off because, you know, the news was just depressing. I just thought, you know, this is not how I saw it turning out. I thought we were going to get better instead of going backwards. And I felt like everything was going backwards. And that's why a couple of lines, you know, set us back a hundred years. I mean, democracy is out the door and, and things like that. You know, I hear babies cry and mama's hands are getting tied. You know, people set, separating children from their families and putting them in cages. And I just thought, well, what the hell is going on? It doesn't beat you over the head. That's what I like about it. Roy's songs, he puts these ideas and images in them. But he doesn't smack you in the face with it, you know? But it's there. It's there and it's important. And I'm, I'm really glad to be a part of it. Do either of you have any particular memories or any particular influence that you can think of that comes from this area for our fans here and for those who, who love Memphis abroad? Absolutely, man. A couple times back when I was playing on Saturday Night Live, I was the band leader there from 85 to 95. And Al Green was on a couple of times. And I got to play behind him, and that was one of the great thrills of my life because I love his record. I love his singing, obviously. And I was very influenced by Teeny Hodges, who played guitar on those records. Leroy wrote a song that's on our new uh, record, Stony Hill, that's going to be coming out August 28th. He, he wrote a song called When I Close My Eyes. And as soon as I heard it, I thought, oh, I can play my Teeny Hodges licks on it. And so we recorded it very much in the, in the Memphis kind of a sound. So, yeah, it's big, man. Memphis is big for me.
Fax, Memphis, all that stuff, you know, I grew up on that stuff. And I also was just very fortunate to, uh, in one of my local bands, uh, do a few opening slots for um, Al Green, and, and that was like a dream come true as well. well. We're so thrilled to watch and wait for your record and spend so much time with it on August 28th when, when it is here, Stony Hill. Uh, are there any other um, ways that we can continue to engage with you as you are a part of our extended family here in Memphis. Uh, I know that the times are, are tough for many during the pandemic, and we'd love to continue to show you love. Are there any other ways that we can continue to, to be in touch with you? Well, I hope so. I yeah, don't know sure how, how to do it, but yes, let's definitely keep that rolling because uh, we would love to get down that way and start playing. Who knows when that's going to be yeah. at this point. But uh, Hey, you know, when we come to Memphis, we can get a decent meal, too. I'd be looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll surely feed you. Hey, Jared, if you get a minute, go on YouTube, look for America, G.E. Smith, and Leroy Bell, and check out that video, man. I think I think you'll like it. Absolutely. Well, I'll spend some time with it, and I'll meditate with it, and I thank you both so much for taking some time to be with us on Bill Street Caravan, and uh, please be safe. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Jared. Yeah, you do the same. Here's more from G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell, live on Bill Street Caravan. Stand in the 
was G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell performing songs from their new release, Stony Hill, live on Bill Street Caravan. For more information about the group and their new album, just head over to G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell.com. Of course, like almost all musical acts these days, G.E. and Leroy are taking a hiatus from the road, but they are doing live streams, so you can find one of those dates on their website. But we do hope to see them performing around our town and yours once the pandemic is all under control. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, Memphis Tourism, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Tennessee Tourism for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use the hashtag #IListenToMemphis. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week, so until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared Boyd. And you've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Thank you.